Okay, so uh, last time we left off, um, I had explained how I was a police officer, and it was through being a police officer that uh, I was able to take some drug classes, and I was able to figure out about psychedelics, and as far as the government's concerned, you know, um, well, the government calls them hallucinogens, that's the first thing, uh, and that's kind of important, you know, because it, it, it just kind of shows the government's like limited understanding of a lot of these things. I had mentioned how my DRE book doesn't even have DMT in it at all, and it also um, doesn't have ayahuasca in it. I guess it's an um, American-based thing. The fact that uh, here in the United States, you, you know, ayahuasca is not a thing being passed around. Um, but uh, so uh, one of the things that you know that we were able to determine is basically these hallucinogens, for the most part, are, are pretty safe. They're pretty safe for your body. Um, and, you know, so some might argue they're not safe for your, your psychological state or something like that. But then, you know, you get on YouTube and you actually do some research on it and everything. You listen to somebody like Jordan Peterson. You know, they'd explain that uh, <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of... Uh, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a lot of stories of people having major problems on psychedelics. You know, uh, bad trips. Uh, it it seems like a bad trip. There is no such thing as a bad. This is what I believe. There's no such thing as a bad trip. There's only uh, challenging trips. Um, anybody that did seem to have any major problems with psychedelics had some sort of mental predisposition you know, some sort of medical condition already, like schizophrenia or, you know, so, something like that, some sort of major problem um, that uh, should have been something that uh, was considered before having taken psychedelics. Um, the So they're so safe, the, the psychedelics, as far as your body's concerned, that I actually have... Uh, a friend who has uh, a major heart problem and when they take the psychedelics uh, the psychedelics don't really seem to affect their heart well, there was one time I guess uh, where they stated that uh, that their, um, their heart did feel a little a uh, little funny but uh, ultimately everything worked out and they're fine um, so psychedelics what they're supposed to do um, Body-wise, body they are supposed to raise your temperature and your blood pressure. They're also su supposed to increase your uh, your pulse rate. So there, there is a little bit of an effect on your body. The effect is very, very minimal, especially when you compare it to like other drugs. Um, you know, something like narcotics, where they uh, <laughs> they they end up doing some major, major damage to your body. Um, something like meth. You know, meth does, uh, can really, really screw up your body. Um, you know, there's other drugs that will like, start eating away at your skin and stuff like that and give you, like, major wounds. And um, So as far as hallucin hallucinogens go, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff, I'm, I'm looking at the, the DRE, um, like the, they're called general indicators. They're they're just the clues that determine whether or not 
or that the, the police officers use in order to determine which drug someone's on. And so these general indicators for the hallucinogens, I mean, some of them are like a dazed appearance. Yeah, that makes sense, you know. Um, difficulty with speech, hallucinations, obviously. Um, paranoia. They say nausea, and I went over this last time in the last episode, it's like nausea, it's like, you know, the mushrooms taste nasty. If you're doing mushrooms, they they taste nasty, and really I think the nausea comes from like that, from the fact that you're eating these nasty mushrooms, but um, anyways, uh, they talk about, sometimes they add in like a general indicator like paranoia, which is really interesting because I've, I've never been, I've certainly never been paranoid on on mushrooms. Um, I've heard of people being paranoid on stuff like MDMA, which is interesting, which, which isn't, see, the, the real world, <laughs> the real world, um, the majority of, of people that are actually just out and about that aren't part of the government or police officers, they, they don't really consider MDMA to be in the same vein of, um, psychedelic as, as say mushrooms or DMT or ayahuasca you know um, there's there's a there's a pretty big difference so the paranoia thing that's kind of a weird one that's in there um, they also say perspiring now I've never perspired on uh, on mushrooms and so I wonder if that's well, it's because I stay in my house or something like that, and, I, you know, the temperature's always regulated. I don't know. I'm not for sure about that one. Poor perception of time and distance. Now, that's something we can get way, way into. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start explaining my uh, first two trips here. We're going to get into my first two trips. Um, perception and time are huge, huge, major, um, major indicators I guess there there uh, there are effects definitely that I feel um, sometimes to an incredible extreme, especially when considering time. Um, so, anyways, um, let's get in, into. Um, I'm going to explain my first few trips, and I know at the end of the last video, I I just I kind of briefly went over my first trip, but um, there's a lot lot more to it, I guess. Or I also one of the things with these uh, with these podcasts, and the reason I'm kind of going in chronological order of what happened, um, despite me wanting to talk about, you know, a, a myriad of subjects with these psychedelics and these things I've seen and what they all mean and trying to, trying to tie the whole process into Christianity as, and conservatism as, as well. Um, the, the thing is, I gotta go in chronological order because I think it lays a good foundation for the fact that my trips were very, very much archetypical. They're like almost perfectly archetypical in some ways. Um, just the themes that they followed, you know. I, if if you want to follow the hero's journey, I think my, um, yeah, ba basically my trips. That's that's the order that they followed. Is basically the same as the hero's journey. Um, so. Uh, or you could say they also follow the shamanic tradition or something like that. Listen, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, and you kind of get his uh, ideas on those things, it's, um, the parallels are just absolutely incredible. 
um, so anyways, so, um, so I talked to my girlfriend, right, so here's the story of the first trip, I, uh, I got home with my girlfriend, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time, really, um, I guess you can say we were, we were dating at the time or something like that, but, um, I knew she had, uh, smoked weed, and originally I had asked her if she had, uh, if she could get a hold of Salvia, and she was unable to get a hold of Salvia, but she did have a friend who was able to get a hold of mushrooms. So that friend ended up, uh, sending us mushrooms, and, um, what happened is she had, they, they, uh, they were sent to us in, in capsules, ground up in capsules, and the capsules had broken open in the baggie during transportation. So what ended up happening is we ended up losing a lot of the, um, a lot of the mushrooms, and basically we had just enough for just me to take, and it must have only been about 1.5 grams. Um, so my first trip was probably, I'd say it was 1.5 grams. And, um, I had, leading up to that, between between the class, the drug class, deciding to um, take the psilocybin and then um, leading up to us actually getting them, I, I, I did a lot of studying. You know, I listened to a lot of Paul Stamets' stuff. Um, I listened to a little bit of Joe Rogan's stuff, although I didn't understand a lot of it at the time. Um, I mostly listened to his stuff as far as it related to the medical, the medical side of taking psilocybin, the fact that it, uh, you know, um, it's supposed to activate neurogenesis and stuff like that. The fact that, um, I, I had heard, I did hear Jordan Peterson's speeches on the John Hopkins studies, but I, I didn't go too far into that. I, I just heard the part, Jordan Peterson, there's a few of his talks where he, he goes over the John Hopkins studies, but he goes over them very, very briefly, and he just gives the results, basically. He just says, basically, the people took psilocybin, right, they had a mystical experience, and then it, um, it uh, was considered one of the greatest experiences of their lives. So that, that's what I knew about it. So I'd heard, uh, I'd heard about set and setting, that was one thing, and that's one thing that I took into my first trip, and has been very vital ever since. Um, and uh, set and setting. That's that's actually really really important because later on I did I do have a trip. Well, I, I guess I didn't have a trip. I, I got high on mushrooms without having a trip. Uh, very high, actually. I think it was a good. It was like five gram heroic dose. I was you know hoping it was going to be a good trip, and then I ended up not having any mystical experience at all, which was insane. Um, so it really, that kind of really showed me the importance of the set and setting. Um, but as far as my first trip is concerned, I knew set and setting was important. So what I did was I cleaned out my living room and I got some candles and I put them on the table in the living room and I, I lit them and I decided I, oh, I also put some candles in my bedroom candles um, on the nightstands because I knew I'd want to go lay down. Um, I still didn't know. I still didn't know that you were supposed to actually close your eyes and just like listen to music for the entire trip. I didn't know that part yet. Um, basically what I had decided I wanted to do is I wanted to watch a movie. I decided I wanted to watch heavy metal. <laughs> um, yeah, if anybody uh, was to 
was to take a low dose of psilocybin and, and watch a movie, heavy metal, you can't go wrong there. <laughs> the, the colors and the music are um, very good. Very good, of course. Uh, you know, it's such a creative little movie, and the, the stories are interesting, um, to say the least. So, anyways, um, so I decided to play heavy metal, and I took the I took psilocybin as a tea, right? Since it was in powder form, we were like, okay, well, the best way to do this is going to be to put it in a tea. So I put it in a tea, um, and I probably I probably did take a second to drink it. I probably didn't drink it right away. Um, and then the uh, you know about about the time I, I remember I remember now the time when I started noticing a difference is when the spaceship shows up over like the government building and um, the guy turns out to be a robot and they suck up they suck him up into the spaceship and the spaceship and they accidentally suck up uh, the secretary too the girl secretary and uh, there's the robot that's voiced by like uh, John Candy or something like that that's the um, that's the moment where I started noticing kind of a turn up and they, they play the, the heavy metal music there which is really good what's is the scene before that the scene before that I think is is the World War II pilot scene and that's when I laughed I don't know I don't know if this happens for everybody but it seems to happen for everybody that I've seen take their first trip is you seem to laugh that first time there's there's a certain point where you laugh and just after you laugh is the time when you start tripping so I think I laughed during the um, World War II scene and I think it was just after that that's the next scene is where the alien ship shows up and I think that's where I um, I first started kind of noticing a difference in, in the colors and the sounds and you know just everything seemed everything seemed turned up just a little bit you know um, since it was such a low dose I didn't have any well first of all I didn't close my eyes once again I didn't realize that's what you were supposed to do um, so I didn't have any colors, visuals, or anything like that. Um, here's an here's an interesting thing to talk about, um, and I think it's something a lot of people confuse, especially if you talk to the older generation, you know, the Ronald Reagan conservatives. If you if you talk to them about mushrooms, they assume that they're just like any other drug that you take recreationally where they make you feel good now it's possible I could say that maybe on those first two trips they might have I don't know if they made me feel better to tell you the truth I, I personally especially now and especially when I take heroic doses the, the mushrooms do not make me feel better it, it's kind of like you get the feeling like you've been um, like working all day, like you just worked at like a 10 hour shift, your feet are hurting and everything, you go and you lay down on your bed, that's kind of the feeling that it gives you, it's more of an ache, um, it's not a pleasant feeling necessarily, um, you don't get a sense of euphoria, not like we would on, on something like heroin, once again I haven't taken these drugs, but I, I understand the basics of them, I haven't talked to several people, you know, like as a, as a police officer and everything, um, <laughs> the basics, I should say. Um, but anyways, you, you don't get a sense of euphoria on hallucinogens, or at least not on mushrooms. I haven't taken the other 
the others, but it doesn't seem like anybody, like when they do a DMT trip, um, and then I've taken psilocybin to the point where I've had basically the same experience as a DMT trip. I've gotten to that place. And when it happens and you come back, you don't, your body does not feel good. Your your because you're it's it's like your spirit reconnecting to your your body, you know, and you're trying to reintegrate and figure out how to work the controls again. And uh, uh, th- this is a little metaphoric, and and but maybe it's maybe it's real in the same same vein. But these are things that I'll want to talk about a little bit more in depth. As we go on, I need to keep this chronological. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get back to the story here. So, so I'm watching heavy metal, and at one point in time, I had to get up and go pee, and that's usually in all my trips. That's the point where I actually kind of change, like something changes usually when I gotta get up and go pee. So I had to get up and go pee, and I decided to turn off the. Um, my girlfriend's with me, by the way. Uh, I had her as my trip sitter. She's usually my trip sitter. I have tripped alone, and um, it usually works out just fine, but uh, it seems to be better when she's there. But anyways, um, so we turn off the, the movie a little bit early, a little bit before it ends. I had seen the movie, and I knew where it was going, and I kind of felt bored by the... Uh, by the last story with the with the girl where she's flying the pterodactyl around and everything like that and as it's getting kind of closer to the end I just kind of felt like I needed to go lay down so we got up went into the bedroom to lay down now I think we turned on some just some some normal music just some you know it might have been some classic rock or something like that. Some real light, real light, like maybe Eagles classic rock type stuff. Um, and we're laying down in the bed. And so I, I had mentioned I had the candles lit. And this is this was the interesting part. And this is this is kind of the first first set of me getting a little bit more hooked. Because really, just watching the movie, all of those enhanced was colors. But, um, and maybe a little to the sound. But so this one, so I'm sitting there on the bed here. And I'm looking up the ceiling, the candle is lit, and it's kind of changing the color of the room. I've got blue walls, the candle I think was pink, and it was in a holder with uh, like designs on the side, and it was causing a shadow to be cast up on the wall that was, to me, looked like the form of like a, a dragon's head. Like, uh, like its neck was coming out from like where the candle was about, and then it, like its head like was up on the ceiling. And so I have a. <laughs> this is actually kind of um, integral right here to the majority of my trips. My ceiling is a popcorn ceiling, not like a not like a 70s style popcorn. It's more like a modern day popcorn style ceiling. And in that ceiling, in the popcorn is like sparkles they're like um, I guess glitter like large chunks of glitter are are embedded into the the popcorn so if I have the right lighting going um, I can actually look up and I can see um, like those sparkles when I'm tripping I see a lot more of them they become more vibrant and um, a lot of the times they'll be changing colors. They'll be flashing, depending depending on how like um, like the uh, 
like the candles flickering or something like that. Uh, when I'm in my, um, I now have a trip room. When I'm in my trip room, I have LED lights that play and I have my computer that also has LEDs on it. Um, and they quite often will mess around with those, uh, those little sparkles to create interesting effects. So anyway, so on this one, on my first trip, um, I'm laying in bed and I'm holding the girl. The girl's like, well, I think she's laying on my chest. I think I'm, I got my arm around her. And um, I'm looking up at this dragon-shaped shadow on the ceiling. And I'm looking up at the popcorn ceiling. And I'm looking up at the sparkles and everything. And right there, kind of, this, this is where my peak was, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the ceiling seemed to kind of disappear. Not... It's not like it completely disappeared, but it's almost like it just kind of pushed back a little bit further. And it looked like the dragon was flying through like space. And it like a very, very like just beautiful, like because the stars were the sparkles and they were very, very colorful. And, and the dragon's head was just kind of waving up and down, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything extreme. I didn't, it, this, this is kind of a, it's, I'm kind of like taking out the way that I, I felt as well and, and merging it into the story here. It's like, this is, this is kind of what I felt like I was seeing. Um, it, it wasn't like a, like a real vision or anything like that, which I'll, I'll get into as we, as we go in. Obviously some of my other trips I have like major visions, but, um, so in this one, I was just seeing kind of the kind of like the heavens opening up or something like that. Very, uh, it's interesting, you know. Like I said about the whole archetype, you know, it's very interesting to consider this as the starting point. It's almost like this is the call to adventure, you know. It's like I'm I'm in my normal world. I'm a police officer. Um, I have my concepts of the world, and then all of a sudden. You know, the concept of the world is, is kind of tweaked just a little, just enough for me to question it and say, oh, okay, maybe I need to investigate further out in this direction here. Um, so I think that was pretty much the majority of the first trip. Uh, I don't think anything else really happened. Oh, I did feel, I did feel a presence in the room. And that was interesting. Now... I felt, I believe I had felt presence before, but this was a pretty, like hindsight now looking back at it, it wasn't a very strong presence, but at the time I probably felt like it was a pretty strong presence, like it was a pretty noticeable feeling. Um, it was very friendly, very kind. Um, this is hard, these things are hard to describe right here. Anybody that hasn't taken psychedelics or hasn't actually, you know, had an experience like this. It's, it's so hard to describe the fact that you can feel the fact that there's something else in the room that isn't actually in the room. Um, so, like I said, um, realistically, it was it was a very very light feeling, um, especially in comparison to how how I have sometimes now with some of my trips. So this. Um, and this feeling kind of went along with some of the Native American things that I was going to try to get out of taking the psilocybin mushrooms. 
So I am Native American. I mentioned this in the last podcast. I actually did an ancestry DNA test and I turned out to be a lot more Native American than I thought. And my tribe was from like Juarez, Mexico type area. Um, what was funny, they were there, they originally like an offshoot of like the Aztec Empire and as the Aztec Empire fell after the Spaniards came, my, my tribe navigated their way north and then eventually navigated their way to California. Um, this, is, this is before America was formed. Um, so anyways, uh, so, so I knew there was something a little bit there as well, or I was hoping there was something there prior to taking the mushrooms. So having taken them and having felt that little spirit in the room or something like that, it kind of, or the presence, whatever you want to call it, you know, one of the things with mushrooms is, is words start to take on new meanings and you sit there and... And speaking from a Christian viewpoint or a conservative um, viewpoint, you know, somebody say something like spirits, you know, that usually sounds bad. It's usually associated with bad things, you know, ghosts, spirits, um, and, and they tie these things together. Having taken psilocybin mushrooms, and it kind of opens your your mind, your ideas to the fact that these words don't need to be so rigid or they're not rigid or they shouldn't be rigid um, especially something like a spirit you know a spirit in a sense it, it's the only word I have to describe something like that like a presence in the room I don't have the ability to describe it in any other way it's not a malevolent feeling so I can't sit there and I, and it wasn't an angel I couldn't say that there was an angel in the room with me because uh, that's clearly a different thing so you sit there and you run out of words. Your vocabulary is limited. And that's one thing the mushrooms really show you. And, and it, it's the struggle right now that I'm trying to deal with and why I'm trying to tie this all back to Christianity eventually and the conservative viewpoint is it's like language is um, a constraint. Language is... And it's the best, it's, but it's the best we have, you know? So it's like how else are we supposed to get these ideas across you know it's like <laughs> you you don't know what I'm talking about because you haven't felt it so I can't really describe it and so I, I've got to use words that they, they're just the closest things that I can use to make sense uh, one of my later trips I don't want to go too far into this but one of my later trips I saw an Aztec temple but it wasn't an Aztec temple it was a temple in the vein of an Aztec temple but that's the best word I can use to describe it. That's like, th those are the only words I can use to describe it, is either a Mayan or an Aztec temple, you know? That's what it was. Now, those don't work, because if, if I sit there and I Google up every image of every Aztec and Mayan temple ever created, they don't look anything like that thing that I saw. But it's still the closest thing I have. So, uh, so language is limiting. And... Um, and I think that's why a lot of people, you listen to people like Joe Rogan, um, where he calls the DMT aliens. That's what he calls them, DMT aliens, you know. Um, and the reason why we use the, why he uses the word alien or we use the word, anybody that's taken psychedelics, the reason we use the word aliens is because it's just the damnedest closest thing we can get. And it's not even close, you know. You can't 
what do you call these things that you're running into? They're, they're entities, but entities has like kind of like a weird connotation to, well, I mean, not the aliens doesn't, but you're running into these things that are almost indescribable. You know, they're alive, but anyways, um, let's get back to the chronological order. See, this is, this is the problem here is, is, is your mind starts to want to go down all these tangents. Um, chronologically, though, so we finished my first trip. So after having taken the first trip, I was like, okay, hey, that wasn't bad. I kind of liked the effects I got. I said, I, I think I'd like to try more, right? I knew 1.5 grams was, was very low. Um, and I, I knew I'd taken a low dose. You know, and Right now, I'm guessing it was about 1.5. So I, I knew I'd taken a low dose. And I was like, okay, well, I want to do a little bit more. Let's tr- let's try to get a little bit more. So girl calls up her friend and gets him to send us some more. And so, oh, this is the time that I learned about the strains too, the different strains of mushrooms. And this is important later on. I learned about the, the different strains of mushrooms and I quickly, quickly hypothesized on my own that the different strains might have different effects. So I knew there was a, I knew there was like a golden teacher, and I knew that was like the standard one that most people had. I knew there was a penis envy, which was um, it never really interested me. I, I still haven't tried penis envy, but um, I knew there was Amazonians. I knew there were Mazatecs. I knew there were B pluses. Um, so. Oh, I ended up asking um, what type we ended up getting, and we ended up getting Mazatex for those first two times. Or I think the first time he said it was a, it was like a it was a mix. I think it was a mix of Golden Teachers, Mazatex, and probably B pluses, if I had to guess. Uh, it was something like that. And the second time we ended up getting some Mazatex. So um, I think we had enough for her to take one gram and me to take two point five grams. Is about what we took believe. See, I think at first she ended up having like four small capsules and I think she took like two at first and then took two a little bit later. So her effects, as far as I remember, one day I will have her on this. If this podcast continues, I will have her on and she'll, she's already agreed to it and and maybe she can go into and say what she felt. But as far as I know right now, I believe her effects are very, very minimum. You know, I remember at one point in time she was laughing. I remember that. She did her laugh, you know. She, this was her first time on Mushrooms. I remember her doing her laugh. Um, so anyways, so set and setting um, on this second trip. I, I knew the first one had worked out well, so I wanted to just kind of take it up to the next level. So on the second trip, I, I got more candles, and I got scented candles. I ended up getting, um, like, like, a sea breeze candle and a and a uh, redwood forest candle, and I put them kind of next to each other. So I was kind of like trying to invoke California, um, my home state, and I was trying to kind of invoke like the feelings I guess I got when I was up in, you know, Northern California along the coastline or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of abstracting here. I'm kind of, you know, trying to guess what really my motivation and what I was thinking at the time. That's probably what I was thinking, if I had to guess. Um, so, 
Uh, oh, to for for the movie to pl- uh, that I decided to play, I decided to play an Elton John concert. Um, I think it was his 60th birthday concert, and I have it on Blu-ray. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to, um, to get some music going because one of the first things that I wanted to feel on mushrooms, um, I wanted to know what synesthesia was like. I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to know. I was like, synesthesia, like this sounds cool. You can see sounds yeah yeah that sign me up for that <laughs> anyways <laughs> so uh so i got the uh elton john concert playing and I, it took a it took a while for the mushrooms to kick in i, I think it probably took a good oh, man probably probably a good five or six songs in before it actually hit i think but um so so the mushrooms start kicking in and I'm starting to feel the sounds, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the music. The music is playing, and I'm starting to really hear it. And one of the, probably one of the first, I guess what the government would call an illusion, one of the first illusions or hallucin- hallucinations I had was as one of the songs was playing, I heard like a whole like verse of lyrics that I had never heard before. Like I know Elton John's songs very, very well. Like I listen to him a lot. Uh, you know, several of his songs I just have completely memorized, you know. But at the time I remember laying there listening to the music and I was laying on my couch and listening to the music. And I remember there were for some reason words in the middle of song that I knew all the words to that I didn't know the words to you know what I mean it's like the song was longer for some reason it was like a minute longer and in that minute were extra lyrics that I had never heard before so um let's see um anyways so uh that was one of the first things um that was interesting and I kind of took note of so the girlfriend's sitting on the couch and I'm laying on the couch and I have my head on her lap and the girl is kind of she starts to massage my chest and this was a really cool feeling that I got as she's massaging my chest her fingers feel like they kind of like start going through my skin and into like my muscles she didn't like pierce all the way through into my chest cavity or anything like that which is something she did do at a later point at a later point I was uh, I did receive a like a massage from her that did feel like she was like just reaching all the way through me but in in this case it just felt really nice because she's kind of just I think yeah I was still a police officer at the time and and I probably had a long day of work if I had to guess and and as she's massaging kind of my sore muscles and everything like that, I just, I think that was the feeling I was getting was just like, like, dang, yeah, <laughs> that feels good, yeah, um, so, so she's massaging me, and, um, so this is where I close my eyes for the first time on psilocybin, and, and this is, this was pretty profound for me, or not profound, it was, it was another hook, it was another hook to, to keep me to, you know, like that, this call of, call to adventure, you know, in the archetype here, this is the call to adventure here, I close my eyes, and as Delton John 
songs are playing, I'm they're coming, the sounds are coming out of his piano are like, are like washing over and I'm seeing them as colors. Like I'm seeing waves and bands of the sound and it's coming from the direction of the, of the TV. And as they're coming across, they're coming across as these pretty yellows, these pretty purples. And, and it's funny, yellow is like a color I do not like. I don't like the color yellow. But for some reason, like that color yellow was just like this neon, very, very pretty yellow. And, um, and lots of purples, maybe a few oranges, maybe a few blues in there. Uh, my predominant color that I see with my, um, with my eyes closed on, on the mushrooms is usually blue. Blue is a pretty big one that I see. I see a lot of blues, a lot of, a lot of greens too, I guess, kind of depending. Um, so anyways, so I'm seeing these sounds wash, wash in front of my face and everything. Um, it's really, really nice. It was a really good, um, really good version of synesthesia. It really showed kind of, and it's interesting, the description that the, the class and the government had given me of what synesthesia was supposed to look like was much much different um they had no clue that's the thing is the government doesn't understand these things cops normal cops especially if you're just like if you're not in somewhere where there is psilocybin so if you're not on in oregon or if you're not in like denver colorado or something like that most cops don't understand this stuff most cops don't understand psychedelics they just don't um they probably don't even know what they look like, to tell you the truth. I, I could probably have a baggie of mushrooms and if I got pulled over with them, to tell you the truth. I, I don't know if the average cop around here would actually know what they were. Um, <laughs> so uh, that, that sounded really bad. And, you know, obviously I'm... Uh, but anyways, anyways. Um, so the... The synesthesia, the way that they described it in, in the class is they described it as basically a person would be listening to music and they would kind of see like notes fly, floating around. Like, you know, like the cartoon version. Like you, you sit there like when you when you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, and, and they get hit over the head and these little notes kind of like are circling over their head or something like that. That's kind of how they described it as seeing. Like you see something... I guess that's not there, doesn't exist or whatever, which, I mean, <laughs> using those descriptions, I guess, you know, psychedelics do do that. But in this case, the way they described it was not correct. And the way that I experienced it was much, much better than what I had anticipated it was going to be like. So um, we watched through the concert and uh, once again, I had my, my pee point where I had to get up and go pee. And when I did that, uh, we decided to turn off the concert and go lay down. Now, this was interesting. We, we decided to go lay down. And as I entered into my bedroom, I, I have a blanket. And it's, it's my like my trip blanket now, which is, oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, we'll get further into it. This blanket is like a staple of like, like probably 75% of my trips. But anyways, on this trip... This is the first time I had seen that blanket while tripping, and I looked at it, and there's a picture of a tiger on it. It's basically, it's, it's one of those fuzzy decorative blankets, um, and it has a picture of a tiger on it, 
and the tiger winked at me. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. The tiger's eye just winked for some reason. <laughs> this was this was the one where I kind of looked at it made me stop, pause, um, and I, I had to tell my girlfriend, I'm like, that tiger just winked at me. It literally, it's like the eye opened and closed and the tiger winked at me. <laughs> this was like, um, it's profound now. I don't think at the time, at the time it was more so just kind of interesting. It was kind of cool. Um, but right now, thinking back on it, it was really, really profound. You know, it was it was another one of those first starting experiences that that becomes typical later on, um, but at the at the time it was it was kind of like an eye opener, like whoa, you know, the tiger winked at me. So, <laughs> God, man, the hard thing the hard thing about all this stuff is is as you sit there and you describe it, and to me it sounds, you know, I can I understand what I'm saying. And somebody else that has tripped before probably also understands what I'm saying. But the person that's never tripped, I mean, this probably sounds crazy, you know. I mean, you see a an image on a blanket move that didn't move, you know, and um, it's it's hard to describe. It's hard and it's hard to get across these things and try to get people to understand that haven't taken so uh, psychedelics. You know what's actually going on here um so i mean it seems you know and you sit there and you say it, it's it's real or at least it seems real or as real as anything could be the fact that this you know tiger winked at me but i mean i'm sure if there was a security camera in my bedroom and it was looking at the at the what had happened obviously it wouldn't record a um the tiger winking. So this is one of those things where you have to, you have to kind of reconcile the two. What's real, you know? It kind of like makes you, makes you, you gotta, you gotta reevaluate, you know. Um, anyways, let's move on here. Uh, so I think me and my girlfriend had sex at that time, and this was one of the only times we've ever had sex while tripping. Usually we don't do it. Uh, usually I'm tripping too hard. Usually I'm on like five grams or something like that. And so obviously sex is impossible. Um, and so this is one of the, and, and not that you, that's one thing, like while you're on mushrooms, you know, you don't really feel any sexual um, desires, I guess. I mean, there's been some times where I've definitely seen some very sensual type stuff, um, but I've never, I've never felt um, I guess horny, I don't know, horny while you're on, while you're tripping, that's just not something, it's just something that doesn't happen, so we, we, I think we were just having sex, really, um, like, just in a normal type fashion there, um, sounds kind of bad, sorry, baby, <laughs> I love you, uh, anyways, <laughs> um, so we were having sex, and I remember as we're having sex, my hands were kind of rubbing like up and down her her waist and her thigh and grabbing her butt and everything like that and as I'm doing that I remember one of the things was her body was kind of changing density I guess is the best way to describe it she would feel soft at one moment and kind of kind of fluffy and then she would feel a little more smooth and hard another moment you know and so it just kind of went back and forth a little 
um, all good feelings, but uh, but definitely a change in feeling. So it was nothing extreme. Eventually, we stopped having sex, and we just laid down. And I think she, yeah, this this, this is kind of this is where I have my first like vision kind of. Um, so she lays down, and she's got her head elevated up on the pillow, and I've got my um, I've got my head on her stomach. So I'm kind of laying a little bit sideways, a little bit down lower than her, and my head's on my stomach. My head is facing downwards, down towards our feet, and um, I'm just kind of holding on to her. And this is where I close my eyes, and. I, things start to take shape, you know, it's not like when you see just the colors. There's many times when I trip and I just see the colors and they're dancing around and doing all sorts of stuff. And there's other times where you see things that are more tangible or, or things that appear to be more tangible, I guess. Um, although I wouldn't necessarily say they're as real looking as the colors. Sometimes the colors are so vibrant and vivid that they're they're more real than the visions that you have so anyway so in this vision I see my dog and the dog oh oh, and the dog's with me and we are standing in front of a building which the the best way I could describe it would be similar in architect to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland so it's kind of that New Orleans style building is what it looks like. Um, now it's not it's not actually the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, that's for sure. Um, but it's the archetype or the architect, sorry, the architect is similar in in design. So I we I go inside the building, my dog's with me, and I see uh, the river. This is also part of why I tie it back to the Pirates of the Caribbean, is because there's basically a river that's flowing out the building um and so (laughs) this is kind of funny my uh my dog hates water in real life um but in this vision the dog kind of just got in the river and then turned into the river it's hard to describe these are one of those things that you can't even say how it happened because it's not like he in the vision he didn't jump into the river he just became the river and see, this is this is this is one of those things where it's like you can't really the words aren't good enough to describe what happened, you know. The and and this, a series of events as you're trying to like tie them together to tell a story here, um, the trip is almost impossible to do on that. So, anyways, the dog turned into the river, and he starts. Um, he, he gets real, he's like happy. Like I see him like smiling kind of and relaxing in the river. Um, and he just kind of goes with the flow. And so the river flows. And here's an example of, of distance being, um, you know, distorted. I'm holding on, to, even though I'm holding on to my girlfriend, even though my head's on her, on her stomach, um, the river flows into her. It flows into her, and I can see all of her too. I can see her head to her toes, and but at the same time, you know, the, I mean, my perception of where my head is in relationship to her body, it didn't make sense. Um, and e- even the feeling too. I'm holding on to her, and certain 
pieces of her are not where they should be. You know, my eyes are closed, and I'm sure if I would have opened them, I could have, I could have kind of reconnected where she was at. But, um, but just in feeling it, she kind of felt like she wasn't where she was at. Um, so the river flowed into her, and then she turns into this is this is kind of the cool part, and this is kind of why she's my conduit for a lot of my trips. She's basically the she's just she's like a conduit basically she really helps my trips kind of um, navigate in certain directions uh, so she turns into um, a bunch of like scenic nature scapes is what happens the river kind of starts to flow and as it flows in front of her she becomes it flows into her first and then it flows in front of her and then she becomes like this open grass meadow like really nice really pretty good colors and everything like that and all these nature scapes are very disney-esque that's the best word i can use and maybe that ties back to the pirates of the caribbean thing but it's, it's they're very idealized versions of of these scenes not realistic at all um so it's this it's this meadow and then the river flows and and then my girlfriend she turns into a um she turns into a forest with like a, a creek that runs into the river. So the creek is running forward through her. She's the forest and then it runs into the river and the river continues to flow forward. So then she turns into, then my girlfriend turns into like a mangrove forest. It's like the river like like had flown into the ocean, into the mangrove forest, into the ocean. And so now I'm looking at her and this was probably the most vivid one, and probably the best looking one. As she's this mangrove forest, I can see underneath her where the roots go down into the ocean and down into this white sand, um, really like tropical looking type stuff. And I can see like little fishes like swimming around and stuff like that. And I can also see above her, I can see the sky as well. And she, so she's like these trees. Um, she's the whole scape as well at the same time. Um, very, very pretty. That was a good one. And then um, probably the last one that I remembered was um, she turned into kind of a mountain. It's kind of like a Hawaiian mountain, like volcanic looking type mountain on the edge of the ocean. So that's why I say it's Hawaiian. Is, is so she's looking like this volcanic mountain right there and the, the ocean's kind of where her feet are at. So um, I think that was the last thing I saw. Yeah, okay. So this, this is what happened. This is why I say she's a conduit as well. So at that point in time, and this is kind of the end of the trip though, I, I actually decided to roll away from her. Um, my, I, had, I was starting to feel kind of stiff on my side. And so I decided to kind of roll over to my other side. And as I rolled over to my other side, uh, like the visions like completely almost stopped, almost stopped completely. Like there was almost nothing left under, in my eyes. Um, as like I almost saw like just what you would normally see if you were sober and you close your eyes and so when that happened I realized okay whoa she was kind of what I needed in order to see the things I was seeing so I had to I did flip back over immediately once I had that realization and then um, after uh but when I flipped back over and I and I tried to uh, grab back onto her, I don't think I had any 
major visions after that again. Um, I think I, I, I think I did remain um, a little high, but I was clearly on the way down. This is in also interesting. I did realize on these two trips that the mushrooms do come through you in waves. Like you do have kind of uh, like a run up and then a little bit drop and then a little bit, then you run up a little bit more and then you drop and then you come up to a peak and then you come back down and then it's kind of like there's these waves of the psilocybin that come through you and that was the first time I realized that that was a thing. Um, once again, my, my, uh, my knowledge so far on the mushrooms had been very shallow. I mean, I knew a little bit, I, had, I, I knew enough to determine, or at least I believe, that they were completely safe. And yeah, so that, that was about the limit of my knowledge. I knew that set and setting were important. I had heard things like um, the fact that there are no bad trips. There are only challenging trips. I, had, I think I had heard that. Um, but once again, I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Later on, I had like some really, really challenging trips. And, um, but they were never bad. I never, I've never had a bad trip. I've had challenging trips. Um, so that's interesting too. And, and, and just everything I, I, I was able to find on them, you know, just led me to believe that this is, you know, I don't know, relatively safe to try. And, and, and then, so having, having done this, it's, this kind of just, you know, tying this back to the archetype, this is the, you know, this is the beginning of it. This is the beginning of the journey. So I, I kind of, I saw the world differently than it was. And, I didn't experience no ego death. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I ever have experienced an ego death. And I've got, I mean, I've been gone, absolutely gone on mushrooms. Like, I mean, I mean, literally DMT realm type stuff for, you know, I, you know, the mushrooms last four hours. And so I've, I've spent at least an hour or two in the DMT realm or what would be considered similar to the DMT realm, but on mushrooms. So I've been that far gone, but at the same time, I've never had my ego de death. My ego has always kind of remained intact. And I don't know if that's an integration thing or a Christian idea, which was a theory of mine today, actually, as I was kind of thinking about recording this podcast. I was thinking about how maybe if you're integrated right and you understand things like the shamanic rituals and, the, and where Christianity, you know... Like, if you understand its core principles and stuff, I guess you wouldn't lose sight of yourself. Um, that's something we'll have to explore much further on, you know, as we continue along these podcasts and everything. I guess this, this is going a little bit longer than I wanted to. Um, so, uh, I, did put the, uh, I did put the first episode up on YouTube. I'm going to put the second episode up on YouTube. So, if you guys made it to the end here <laughs> i'd really appreciate a, a like a comment or a subscribe or something like that anything to help help out the algorithm or whatnot um mostly actually i am making this podcast just for myself but i do think it's an interesting enough uh or a unique enough viewpoint that it might help other people because i'm having a big problem with the whole christianity um psychedelic thing i'm i've been watching a lot of christians talk about their come to jesus moments 
and they used to do psychedelics and then they had their come to Jesus, Jesus moment. I haven't been able to find anybody that's in my position where they're a fundamentalist Christian or, a, uh, you know, or, and then politically a, a, a staunch conservative, you know, or, or a fundamentalist conservative and then take psilocybin and still remain, you know, uh, like not go off on the hippy-dippy end. And I guess I've, I've definitely opened up a lot, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm still, I still consider myself, you know, to be a fundamentalist Christian. And so the, the, the thing is, and part of this, these podcasts is we need to, we need to integrate, we need to integrate these mushrooms into our, our Christian viewpoint in, in an appropriate way, obviously, you know, you can't just shove something into the Bible that's not in the Bible, you know, um, so these things, the dreams that I have, or not the dreams, I'm sorry, the visions that I've had and the places I've gone on psilocybin, for me, a lot of them are Christian. Uh, the majority of the things I see uh, are Christian in nature. Um, and so I think everything fits, but we need to, ex- I need to explore that further and deeper. Um, so that's a goal of the podcast eventually. First, we got to get through the archetypical story to um, get lay down that foundation of where we're at. Um, so, anyways, yeah, that's my first and second trip. Uh, next time, I don't necessarily remember my third, fourth. Those kind of tr- those two trips probably. I'm not really for sure if it was my. I remember my. I remember one of these trips well, but I'm not for sure which one it was exactly. So I will go over the next one there, and that was a that was a very profound awakening one as well. Um, so, all right, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for everybody for watching or listening. <laughs>